2: Hard working people working hard for you and me,
1: moving higher time and time again. Through the years, you'll find us here. Moving
2: higher. Hello, and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years more information, go to axontire.com. Also, Tractor Zoom Delivering Insights, they have a product called Iron Comps, which gets about 500 different auction houses to report independently of what their auction results are. And it's a great way to track what's going on across the country as far as auction trends go. So if you're interested in that product, use Moving Iron to check out and get yourself a discount. Chip is with Blue Roof Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and Chip is nice enough to come on once, uh, well, actually twice a week to sit down and talk about what's going on in the market. All right, Chip. So kind of looking at what we saw happening last week with Pro Farmer doing their tour and they kind of came back in the same range as what the USDA came back with. I really thought that, you know, the markets would have a way different reaction Monday kind of and and what that would look like. And actually, you know, we finished, uh, I think we might have finished down a little bit, uh, fell off of one and a half cents on corn. And I, I really thought we'd see a different reaction, but I guess waiting for that september report to come out where the USDA has a lot more agronomics kind of figured into that and what that whole look the whole thing kind of looks like so i guess so what are your thoughts from the what we saw from pro farmer and then what we're seeing today for the trade
1: yeah i kind of uh agree with you i didn't think pro farmer was uh, wildly bearish right necessarily you know maybe a touch higher on the the bean side than maybe what the market was thinking but corn was certainly in the realm of expectation and to get to that number that which I'd never seen him do. Really, the the uh, pro farmer tour actually increased the acreage, right, right uh, that, to get yeah. that big of a of a yield uh, or or crop size. So that was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. So it, it wasn't bearish. I think the outside markets took on more importance. Uh, you had some big dollar moves. You know, the Federal Reserve minutes from a couple weeks ago uh, had the outside market uh, money flow really in a little bit of a. Uh, uh, a tizzy, so to speak, and you saw a lot of money flowing, and and I think the closed Friday did some damage to the charts, and you saw the funds continuing to to sell this corn market to start the new week out, which was a little disappointing. Uh, you would have thought we would have had better better support, um, but you know you have got the Jackson Hole meeting uh, from the Federal Reserve this week, and you know there's a lot of uh back and forth on two weeks ago that in the Fed minutes. Right. which are delayed by the way they said yeah we're going to taper quicker than expected and since then there's been some economic reports out there maybe showing that the economy's uh you're not growing as much as expected unemployment uh you know maybe a little worse than expected and uh now the talk is maybe they aren't going to taper and so you got a lot of money flow you had some weird moves in these commodities you had that huge move higher in lumber uh it's really you know Cratered. You've had some big runs higher here in some of the soft commodities, and they're starting to to set back a little bit. Uh, you know, crude oil had a huge update today, but it's you know five six bucks uh, or more off the the highs. So we're having some volatility in some of these commodity markets. And um, I mean, to your point, I think we're you know what less than three weeks away from the September crop report, and that's when we get a little better, more accurate information. They actually go out and. Check fields, weigh ears, you know, count pods, weigh pods, and so that September report here coming up uh, is going to be uh, interesting, and I think reset the market as to what the yields really could be.
2: Right. So I guess, I guess you know, take a look at wheat too. Wheat has been kind of had a really, really bullish report on that last um, USDA report uh, when they when they came out earlier last and that that hasn't subsided. That that price, the wheat price, has really really gained some traction. And is really showing uh, some real bullish trends right now. So talk about wheat, what you see happening there.
1: Yeah, that that was uh, probably the most bullish part of that uh, August crop report, and world wheat prices uh, are starting to reflect that too. You know, there's uh, we're not just the only game in town when it comes to wheat. Obviously, uh, many places in the world have that, but you have. Uh, Russian wheat prices uh, near the highs. You have European, particularly French wheat prices up near recent highs. <clears throat> and it's it's what's kind of interesting is as the corn market has broke lower, you're increasing open interest. And what that means is longs are getting out and you're actually seeing new shorts coming in. The opposite's happening in the wheat market. We've sold off from the highs, but open interest is just kind of slightly lower. That means that some longs are taking profits. That's a healthy, healthy bull market. And, you know, wheat acted, uh, was the leader today, acted really well, closed off the, off the highs a little bit, eight or nine cents. But still, um, wheat seems to be the, the strongest thing going. I think world prices, there's still a lot of uncertainty with what the final uh, what Russian wheat crop size is going to be. Right. <clears throat> a lot of people are arguing that they're done exporting uh, or, or going to have very little to export. And use that domestically. If that's the case, we've definitely not seen the highs in the wheat market. The cash markets across the world are going to tell you that, and right now they're uh, fairly friendly, up near recent recent highs. So that's something that's going to ultimately support the corn market. I think there's only a limited downside in corn, especially if wheat's going to continue to make another leg higher. And um, you know, spring wheat's part of this too. Uh, you know, that harvest is advancing. I think we're up. Uh, getting close to eighty percent harvested uh in spring wheat and uh you know once this thing uh gets past harvest and we kind of figure out what the size of the spring wheat crop is both here in Canada uh then the end user's gonna have to come to the market and you know all the selling uh, harvest selling pressure will be gone. We know the drought hurt that crop and um it's smaller than normal, smaller than usual. And so protein is going to be kind of And and at a high premium this year So um, I think to your point Wheat to me still looks strong As long as that's going to stay firm I don't think corn can go A whole lot lower And in fact there may be That might be part of what's going on Is we've had a weird situation where um, You know for a period of time You know you had corn over wheat That's not very uh, or, Or close to it and you've had Chicago wheat over um, Kansas City wheat. So there might be a lot of spread activity going on here, too, where we get kind of back to a normal protein shortage type of market where wheat's going to go quite a bit higher than corn, which it normally is. And and that might actually be pressuring corn a little bit as you get some of that spread activity. Funds and, and commercials buying wheat, selling corn, that might be some of what is uh, working against corn here recently. And, and then you had, you know, the, the whole thing, too, you might have wanted to touch on this, The one of the weirdest things I've seen is this Friday mid-session, you had some news by Reuters and some other uh, outlets about the EPA maybe putting some sort of recommendation for lower renewable fuel standards out. That really, in, you know, wrecked the soy oil market. Friday, it really increased the selling pressure in corn. I don't know if there's much clarity in that yet, but it, it looks like after cooler heads prevailed over the weekend here, that that's going to be more of a kind of a 24 month unchanged type of a thing. Might be a tick lower for 21, but then going back up again in 22. Net, net, there shouldn't be much of a change. So that didn't do the market any favors, at least soy oil and corn on Friday and unfortunately for a daily close and a weekly close that was pretty ugly in corn and I think you know that kind of did some damage to the chart even though that was kind of more of a rumor than a real news story it you know you can't go back in time and it still hurt the corn chart um and I think you saw the effects of that today and hopefully you know I think there's going to be good Buying on further break, you know. I think a lot of people between five ten and five and a quarter of December are waiting to step up to the plate and, and and buy. We, in fact, we we sold some corn to Mexico uh, this morning. I think like four hundred and fifty eight thousand tons. So that's a good sign that you know there's starting to be a little bit of value in here. We're mm-hmm. starting to see uh, some business done anyway. So maybe that can continue. Uh, as we go forward especially if we dip uh, a little bit lower in
2: corn going forward yeah. <clears throat> so one thing i did want to hit on today while, while you were here is if kind of right now there's so sort of the way the sugar crop is kind of shaping up down in brazil right now they've had some freezes and and you know the more you freeze sugar cane if you freeze it once you get more sugar content but the more of that stuff that you uh kind of the more times you freeze it over and over again you sooner or later you're gonna do some damage to it so they're expecting to have less sugar than they've had in the past. Brazil has imported some u s ethanol, I guess so as you take a look at the ethanol market right now, with the shortage of corn that we see out there right now and in some of these countries like Brazil, for example where where ethanol is is kind of a big driver of their of their energy market, what do you see in the ethanol market and how do you see that kind of playing into this picture
1: Yeah, so uh, you know that 's a, a real question right now, particularly with um, this EPA news from Friday, and you know they've certainly not been pro ag; uh, they've been pro uh, oil, mm-hmm. without question. And, and so that plays into this a little bit: what they're ultimately going to do <clears throat> with uh, you know any tweaks in the renewable, renewable fuel standard. What Biden essentially, it's going to come down to uh, the Biden administration and what uh, they choose to do. You would hope uh, that they would follow what they pledged and, you know, be pro-renewable fuel, <clears throat> that's one dynamic domestically. And then, as you mentioned, this, this drought, uh, in, uh, Brazil and then multiple freezes. And that's really, um, you know, you've got sugar at, uh, I don't know, almost three year, three plus year, uh, highs here recently. It's backed off the highs a little bit. The primary uh, driver of feedstock of, of Brazilian ethanol is sugar. Uh, of course, we know that their corn crop is their second corn crop down there is uh, is really um, subpar because of the drought and then the multiple freezes. And uh, they're still, you know, getting that crop harvested. And, and so I think that's something that a they're not going to have as much to as much corn to export. B uh, if their sugar was sure, there's some people saying that you know, could be 20 plus percent shortfalls in, uh, their sugar production. And, uh, that for sure could be, um, you know, a driver, they've already imported some Argentine corn mm-hmm. into uh, Brazil. That's a, that's weird timing. That's kind of probably going to show you just how, um, you know, poor that crop might be in, on corn. And so that's something that, you know, over the next uh, five or six months, there's, there's nowhere else to, to, uh you know, just tightens the feed grain situation up. If Russia is going to have limited wheat to export, if Brazil is going to have limited corn to export and they've got a problem with sugar, uh, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, but that bodes well for, you know, both our wheat and corn demand going forward and, until they have another crop in the Southern hemisphere. And that's not going to be until, uh, you know, February, March timeframe at the
2: earliest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made a lot of moving parts here, Chip, and you talk about uh, the need for a plan all the time and folks are working on that plan. It's a great time to, to get some advice on what's happened there. So if people want to reach out to you, Chip, and get some more information about what you're doing at Blue Reef, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, best way is probably just give us a call at the office. It's 309-550-7213. And uh, yeah, the volatility is here to stay, I think, for the foreseeable future. And it, uh, it doesn't mean... You have to be handcuffed by it, you know, even though seeing corn puke off the highs here, uh, it it doesn't mean there's not things to do and and you got to have a plan and execute it or you you do get kind of handcuffed and, um, you know, cut off at the knees by the volatility. So we'd love to chat with you.
2: Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironllc.com. That's where you're going to find all of the library of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as all the blogs I have written there as well. So with that, I am Casey Seymour, Chip Nellner. Let's get smart, folks.
0: Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, Head over to AxonTire.com. i
1: moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for